0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Mole Hill Mountain episode three twenty-nine. Andrew here. Uh sorry for no podcast last week. Was in a rather foul mood. Looked at my uh topic list and went, oh man, those, those are all negative. Not, I'm not, I'm not up for a, for a, (laughs) for an hour bitch fest, so. I thought it was better for both of us if I just skipped last Saturday. So, my first story to regale you with is I was working yesterday, I think this was Friday, it doesn't really matter. Official MX, hello. Have I played Grand Theft Auto games? I have played Chinatown Wars, the DS game. I think that's the only one I've actually played. And it's, it's pretty good. It's fun. Not really big into handheld games, but, you know, I enjoyed it well enough. That was alright. Um, story, yes. Okay, so I'm... Working yesterday, it's, it's middle of the day, I'm in a... on a Zoom call with other folks in my group and we're just summing up what we did that week, when suddenly there was a knock at my door, which is really unusual, particularly because this is a gated community now, so it almost certainly couldn't be a solicitor or something like that. Could it be One of my neighbors? Why would it be? I don't talk to anybody. So I put my... Excuse myself. Put myself on mute. Open the door. And some woman who I've never seen before in my life says, Hi, I don't live here. But I'm... So I don't have a key to the gate. So could you let me out? Um so this poor woman was uh, trapped in my apartment complex and I was thinking to myself just push the door open it's it's you don't need a key from the inside you don't need a key to get out you need a key to get in to open the gate but you don't need a key to get out you can just push the gate open and leave but uh, she was on double crutches so I figured Ah, uh, you know, the the gate swings outward, and there is a very steep set of concrete steps there, so maybe she just needs help getting the door open and held open while she makes her way down the stairs. Fair enough. So I say, hang on a second, let me put on my shoes. Put on my shoes, follow her outside, and realize she ain't going out the gate. Not Not the pedestrian gate. Her car is parked in the middle of the parking lot, and she wants to leave through the, the main slidey vehicle gate. And I tell her, just pull up to the gate. There's a pressure plate buried under the asphalt that will open the gate automatically when you pull up to the gate. I do Apparently that wasn't working, or she wasn't pulling up far enough, or I have no idea, but I said, okay, let me run into the house, get my car keys, so I can get my car to get the uh, remote for the gate. So go in the house, get my car keys, open my car, get the uh, remote, run past her over to the gate, clicky clicky, gate opens up, and she's on her way. How'd she get in? Was she visiting someone? Did did she... Did she follow someone in and then realize she was in the wrong parking lot? Because apparently she'd been sitting in the parking lot for like 10 minutes waiting for someone to leave and then I guess she decided to just start knocking on doors to see if someone would let her out. So an odd encounter But, uh, she managed to escape my apartment complex with minimal fuss, so... Okay. No point to this story. Just kind of an odd one. Also got a bee in my apartment this week. That was, um... I don't have a problem with bees. Bees don't bother me. Oh, there there are some, uh, there are organisms on Earth that freak me the hell out. Bees aren't one of them, though. That could possibly be because I've never been stung by one. My sister's been stung by bees, like, three times. She really don't like bees. I guess I can't blame her. If I'd been stung three times by bees, I'd, uh, in three different, uh, uh at three different times. Not, you know, three bees stung her at the same time, but, uh, uh, twice near a pool uh, she was on swim team and she got out of the pool and stepped on a bee and it stung her in the heel Um, and then some other time she was swimming in a pool and a bee just landed on her neck and stung her in the neck so she's not a big fan of bees me, they don't bother me but when one's in your house and it appears to be particularly stressed out That's a red flag. Because the bee really wanted to leave through the window. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to open my front door and try to coax the bee to leave. And more bees are going to come in. (laughs) I'm just going to have a house full of bees. Jared says, what about wasps? I've been hit with wasps before and it hurts. So, yeah, I really don't like wasps. You know, if I see a wasp nest, I get away from it. Generally speaking, if you're not near a wasp nest, you're not near wasps. They, for the most part, seem to leave you alone as long as they don't perceive you as a threat to their nest. Um, but I'll tell you one, one flying thing that does bother me is bumblebees. Because they're big and noisy and fuzzy. Those things freak me out. Because they get all up in your face. They're very curious. They're like, hey, hey, what's, what, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, you doing anything? And you're like, oh, get, get away from me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if bumblebees actually do sting anything. Never, or bite or what they do. They just kind of follow you around like like a big curious puppy. But they fly and they make big buzzing noises. and. <laughs> creep me the hell out. You know, spiders. Spiders don't bother me. I'll scoop them up and throw them outside. Cockroach will die. Ugh! This creep me the hell out. Hate cockroaches. Just about anything I fi- any creepy crawly I find in my apartment, I'll just scoop up and throw outside. Cockroaches, I do not extend that courtesy. Roaches must die. So. But I, I did manage to, um, to get the bee out and alive too, so that, that was nice. Um, how did I do it? The vacuum cleaner. Just sucked it up into the trap on the low setting and uh, then took it outside and dumped it and it flew away. Hopefully I didn't give it a concussion. I used I use the low suck setting. So. Oh, flies? Yeah, I don't, I, I'll just, I just... I'll swap flies, too. Alright, so if you follow me on Twitter, you're likely to have seen me uh, whine at various movie studios for wasting five seconds of my day by appending clips of the movie trailer to the front of the movie trailer that I'm already watching. I hate that it it sure does bother me. Uh, I have a template I, I pretty much say the same thing every single time um, let me find one do, 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 do. dear. Paramount picks. Stop putting a few seconds of clips from the movie trailer in front of the movie trailer. I'm already watching. Love, Andrew. I've... Now, I assume there's a good reason they do this. I would imagine there's demographic... De- or demogra- uh, there's, there's analytic data that shows conclusively that watch time is higher when they do that. I imagine, you know, smart people who study this stuff can conclusively prove that it is better for watch time, you know, actual viewer retention, to start your movie trailer with five or six seconds of clips from the movie trailer that the viewer already decided to watch. I don't understand that, but I accept that that's probably the case, but I don't care because it annoys me. So I've always been trying to puzzle out what kind of person, doesn't make him a bad person, but what kind of person are we talking about who decides to watch a movie trailer? It's like, oh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Interesting. Click. Nope, I'm lost, and then clicks away. If you don't grab them in four or five seconds, they just click away from the movie trailer that they clicked on to watch. That's a person that I have difficulty conceiving of. So, uh, lovely viewers like you have in the past suggested a a few options that uh, may be the case. Maybe it's the fact that um, uh, the uh, studios use the same upload for their ads that they do for, that are on their channels. So when you're watching a YouTube ad roll before your video starts and instead of, you know, they want to front-load that with some type of hook to keep you watching instead of clip clicking skip after five seconds, which I imagine most people do. You know, the ad comes on and you have to watch it for five seconds and then it allows you to skip past it. So they want you to not skip past it. So they put all the money shots and real interesting things up front. Or even like, you are now watching the trailer for this movie. Which makes sense in that context. But not for the context of it's a video on your YouTube channel that I've decided to watch. Because to me, that's like getting in my car. Driving to the theater paying money for Movie X going into the theater, sitting my arse down, and then the previews start and they show me a trailer for the movie I've already paid to see. Like if I go to the theater to watch the Super Mario Brothers movie, you don't need to run a trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm already here. You got me. You have my money. For this specifically, it's stupid. It's a waste of both of our times, me-thinks. But if for some reason the... the trailer that plays in YouTube ad rolls is the exact same upload that's on channels, okay, you could just make two different videos. You could have the, the one with the hook be an unlisted video and the one on your main channel just not have that. it's a waste of time I mean and you know for some people it's like you're spoiling spoilers for the trailer I want to see the big money shot in context that's why trailers are edited the way they are to build up to the big reveal or the money shot or the right and it's like oh well shoot I've already seen the big explosion or the monster reveal because you put it in the first five seconds now it's it loses its impact in the context of the entire trailer. Hey Lee, what has YouTube done now? Well, I offered uh, a month ago, I uh, I tweeted at YouTube and I said, um, hey YouTube, let's try this. If you keep bigotry and harmful disinformation out of my recommends for one month, I will donate $5,000 to a vetted, non-hateful charity of your choice. YouTube never responded. Surprise! So I up the ante to ten thousand. Let's let's see if it, and I'm comfortable, uh, you know, doing that. Even though I'd have to like dip into my four hundred one k or something, um, because not only do I believe they wouldn't be able to do it, they won't take me up on it either. It's like wow, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars to your favorite charity, and all you have to do is not recommend me bigotry or harmful disinformation. That's all you gotta do. But no, they're not even gonna bother. So, yeah, YouTube kind of sucks at that. So, um... Brian, uh, proposed another uh, reason uh, movie studios may put five seconds of clips from their trailers in front of their trailers. And he said, well... It might be for people who use the autoplay feature. And I thought about that. I thought, does anyone actually use that? And I had to experiment a little bit with it a little bit just to see how it worked. And how the autoplay feature, it's a, it's a little button that's in the bottom right of your uh, YouTube control. Lee said, is that why you offered? Because you knew they wouldn't do it? Um, $5,000 is something that I could scrounge up myself. And, you know, if you, I would absolutely do that. I I mean, I'm comfortable. uh, Yes, I don't believe in a million years YouTube would ever take me up on that or be able to do it. This is something that they will absolutely fail at. So I'm comfortable offering up enough money that I could afford. But I would be. I would definitely miss, let's put it that way. So, yeah. But, you know, uh, I could if I could go a month without seeing bigotry or harmful disinformation in my recommendations and a worthy charity got five grand, hey, there are worse things I can do. Um, Greece. What was I talking about? Oh, so, uh, autoplay. So here's how autoplay works. When you have autoplay off and your video ends, the video player window populates with a grid of other videos you can watch. It's essentially a smaller selection from your main recommendation screen. I think it's a 4x3 grid. Pardon me, so you've got 12 videos to choose from if you have autoplay on, it will pick a video for you to watch next. So when the video terminates, it pulls up one tile uh, with the screen, uh, the, the thumbnail for the video and the title and you have three options. Cancel, play now, or just wait five or six seconds and it will play automatically. So, I would imagine that most people who consume videos on YouTube click away during the credits. You know, when the YouTuber goes, well, that's it, thank you very much for watching, I hope you enjoyed, and make sure you like and subscribe and ring the bell so you're notified of all my future videos. and Quick shout out to all my Patreons. You are awesome and you help make this uh, channel a possibility. And until then, friends, be well. And then it transitions to a screen with some outro music and maybe a special thanks thing. And then the video terminates. I imagine most people click away before the video reaches the very end of its runtime. Most people, in my experience, I haven't been in a theater in over three years, but my entire history of going to movie theaters has shown me that the majority of audience members, even when it's understood that there is um, mid or post credit scenes to see, most people leave when the credits roll. Most do, not all, but most people, when the credits start rolling, they leave. Hell, I've seen people get up and walk away when it feels like the movie's wrapping up. When we're in the midst of the denouement. People are like, well, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Gotta beat traffic. So I imagine a lot of that would carry over to YouTube videos, and most people, when this starts, well, that's it, like and subscribe, it's like, okay, cool, click away. I imagine most people do that. So I find it hard to believe that a significant number of people actually use YouTube in a way that would force them to watch videos all the way to the end to get a to get a screen that says this is the next video that will play in six seconds unless you press cancel or you can play it now but even if they did do that They've already specifically decided to watch the next video by either pressing play now or waiting five or six seconds, whatever the timer is. So again, if the next video that they've decided to watch is a movie trailer, you don't need to hook them. They're already watching! So, I don't think that's it. But I looked deeper. There is also, don't you know, a button right now, on the left, bottom left, right next to the play button. That's the next button. That, if you are watching a YouTube video and you press next, that will immediately start playing some next video. Some, not random, the algorithm decides based on what it presumes your preferences are. But, um, one could essentially channel surf YouTube. Now if you're a young viewer, channel surfing is back when we had you know, tele- uh, different stations with different programming and you would sit on the couch and you would hit the channel up button, or channel next button, and go, hmm, news, nah, click, and you'd hit a new channel. It's commercial, click, commercial, click, <sighs> commercial, click, news, don't care. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, I'm trying to make a joke, I can't remember what they're called. Reality television, I hate that, click. Oh, uh, you know, the, a, a, a home, uh, decorating show. Uh, this might be interesting. Eh true crime, some movie but it's in the middle. Eh, I like this movie. Yeah, That's channel surfing where you you keep flipping through channels until you find something interesting. Maybe some people watch YouTube like that. They just slam on the next button watching a couple of seconds of whatever video pops up until they happen to land on something that they're interested in watching. And if a significant number of people actually watch YouTube like that, then yeah, I I could see value in front-loading your movie trailer with the most provocative and interesting clips to keep these channel-surfing YouTubers on the video to watch the whole thing. But does anyone on Earth actually watch YouTube like that? Subjective, of course, but I would propose that that there are better ways to watch YouTube For one uh, that particular method this channel surfing method is just It's guided by what the algorithm thinks you like, but it is essentially just random So you're just clicking until you find something rather than you can get a lot more value Of looking at a uh, title card and a video title and even maybe the channel to get an idea of if it's something you might want to see. You could even hover your cursor over it and get it to, you know, play in a small window to give you a little preview and then scroll through it and see if it looks like it might be interesting. But with the just slamming on the next button, here's a big drawback to that. One, you only get one video at a time. Two, Every video you skip past ends up in your watch history. Now, I imagine, I don't know, but I would imagine that your viewer retention influences the algorithm. But still, if it served you up a video that you weren't interested in, and you're like, nah, not interested in that, and you hit next, it's in your watch history, which means you watched it, which means the algorithm is going to tilt in that direction no good so here is how I browse YouTube for the channels that I like I bookmark their video page or maybe the playlist of videos you know maybe they only have one show that I like I'll bookmark that playlist or their video page and then when I'm interested thinking about watching something I just go through my bookmarks and see what's new because I don't trust YouTube's uh, subscribe and notify thing. It doesn't work. When I subscribe to a channel, I want to see everything that channel uploads. And YouTube doesn't do that. I have such a fear of missing out that I'd rather bookmark the page and manually check it every so often. But aside from that, If you're just, here's what I feel is a better way to browse YouTube. Go to youtube.com. Pretty easy to remember. It's just the site name .com. This will bring you to a recommendations page, which is a grid of dozens and dozens of videos that the algorithm thinks you might want to watch and that allows you instead of one by one to see like a dozen videos on the page at a time as you're scrolling and you can go oh, oh kittens yay or "Ooh, video games yay or oh, movie trailers yay or cosplaying pianists cool hey here's a puss here pussin person here's a person who gives cows a pedicure this is a real thing I've seen literally two separate channels that are devoted to trimming cow toenails <laughs> I mean that's actually really cool because I, I you know I, it never occurred to me that that trimming cow feet was actually a profession you know this this is the you know this is the wonderful thing about you know YouTube and other uh, similar social media platforms. YouTube could be so amazing, but it's so bogged down with bigotry and harmful disinformation, it's it's a damn shame. Anyway, so, you find something interesting, you click on it, and you watch it. And if you find out, oh, this is, mm, nah, this this is no good, you go to your watch history and you remove it, so the algorithm doesn't think you want to watch it, because sometimes YouTube will like, oh, you watched a video from Susan. That must mean you want nothing but videos from Susan. Uh, no, YouTube. That's that's not what I want. But another advantage to this is on that recommendation page for every single video you're looking at, you have a a uh, option for each video that you can block the entire channel or don't recommend this video or you know if it keeps recommending. You know Susan's video, and you're like, look, Susan's a nice person, but this specific video, I'm just not interested in watching. You can don't recommend the video. You can don't recommend the channel. You can report uh, channels if they're, you know, if it's, you know clips of uh, people, you know, clips of the Super Mario Brothers movie that people recorded on their cell phones in the theater, of which I, I keep telling YouTube to please stop 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 doing that. They shouldn't platform it anyway, but stop recommending it to me. And I think uh, what are we up to 28 separate channels I've had to block because they're trafficking and you know pirated film footage just stop it not interested in it um, so yeah I have no idea if anyone actually essentially channel surfs YouTube if a significant number do I still don't like it but that would at least be a logical reason to you know put five seconds of... Um, Uh, teaser or hook material in the front of your movie trailers. But, man, that's a, in my humble opinion, a bad way to browse YouTube. But, you know, you do you. Well, let's see. Uh, Let's see, Lee says, what I don't like is the P word being advertised because it's all fighting on both sides. The P word? But I can't afford YouTube Premium to take away the ads. People shouldn't leave until the end of a movie because they're sometimes missing something at the end. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm actually even if even if I know that there's um, no end credits scene or something, I'm the kind of person who watches through a film's credits. I'm also a music buff, so I, I often just really enjoy listening to the film's score. Um, but I also uh, I don't owe them anything, but I, I don't know. That's just how I consume my media. I actually watch the credits. That that's how I, that that's how I do. So, and I don't know. I, I nobody's gonna know, but eh, I, I like looking at the list of people. And like, and sometimes you find really neat names, and sometimes you find job descriptions like what the, you know the, the you know like the. Uh, Susan, person who brushed the horse's hair. It's like, there was a horse? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um... Uh, you know, Larry, the person who tied the star's shoes. It's like, why can't Florence Pugh tie her own shoes? Yeah. Florence Pugh, pew, pew Pew. I can't... I can't... Every time I see a picture of Florence Pugh, she's a popular person so she comes up on news aggregator sites and social media all the time in my head. I'm Florence. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I hope I never meet her, because she'd probably punch me in the face. Um, uh, Jared says, I avoid hoof channels. Not my cup of tea. Uh, I watched my sister's boyfriend was in town a month or two ago, so I had him over and bought him some dinner. Um, and uh, we were uh, watching YouTube videos or something, and and a hoof video. You know, Larry, the hoof guy or something. Um, and he's like, oh, I've seen that. I'm like, what? And he's like, the the hoof trimming thing. I'm like, the, and he's like, oh, it's awesome watching. And it's like, I, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know that I... I am I like surgery videos. I, I like... I, I find anatomy and... Uh, you know fixing anatomy fascinating to watch um both human and non-human um so i like you know human surgery videos veterinary videos Uh, i find that stuff fascinating other you know i'd sit back when i worked at the office sometimes i'd be having lunch i'd be watching some gory surgery video people like oh my god how can you look at that and eat i don't know that's yeah so but yeah, this dude is like, ah, oh, see, th- this 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 cow's got an abscess in her foot. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna trim that uh, that big old toenail back, and then we're gonna wrap it in some some acid powder that kills the bacteria, and then we're gonna glue a rubber block on the other toe to to keep her the weight off of the one while it heals and grows new, grows new toenail. I'm like, huh. Neat, you know. Um, I found another series of videos, and uh, <clears throat> I may have found the best channel on YouTube. Uh, this one is there's some restaurant in uh, Osaka, Japan, and it's called or translates to Diorama. And they were known for having a big train set, so you could go and have lunch and watch the trains. Well, the pandemic hit them hard. And uh, while they had no customers, they sheltered some stray cats and let them wander around the train set and play with the trains. And then they had the bright idea to film it and post videos on YouTube and and actually strap cameras to the train cars as they roam around the train set. So you have all these cats Godzilla-sized wandering around swatting at the trains and they put all that stuff on YouTube and now they they're both a cat rescue and a restaurant and seem to be doing fine and I get to watch giant cats chase trains around it's great so anyway i maybe i'm complaining to maybe i should stop complaining to the movie studios and start complaining to any people who use YouTube in the wrong way. (laughs) You know, if I had a larger platform, maybe I'd make a video saying, stop using YouTube like this, then maybe they'll stop uh, putting the four or five seconds of clips from the trailer in front of the trailer I'm already watching. It would make the world a better place because it would cater to my whims. All right. Oh, yes. So, um... I eat eggs for breakfast, among other things, not just eggs, but, um, <clears throat> the, uh, the batch of eggs that I bought, and I, I buy them five dozen at a time, they, uh, they were surprisingly orange. That, that, then some vividly orange egg yolks right there. So I posted that on Twitter, and, uh, Jeremy, longtime friend of the show, Uh, Said, you know, that kind of looks like a Metroid. And I thought, you know, you know, with a little bit of food coloring, (laughs) we could make a Metroid. So, um, that's actually not terribly easy to do because I had to, uh, I had to separate the yolks from the goo and put them in another bowl, and put some uh, yellow and blue food coloring in, and then very gently stir it, so you'll notice that it's not an even color, because you can't beat it, because then you just have green gush. But this, uh, you know, kind of, you know, gives, gives it kind of a veiny texture, you know, makes it look like, you know, the Metroid goo. And then I put the yolks back in, and then used a toothpick, uh, to try and paint some red veiny bits on the orange uh, yolks. And yay, we've got Metroid eggs. So, but of course, so I did eventually have to beat them. And that looks like this. <laughs> that's, a, that's a horrible, horrible color. Um, not appetizing at all, but, you know, fry it up with some chicken sausage. And, you know, turns out just fine. Just cover it in some oats and breakfast of champions. That's what you got. But, uh, yeah, some particularly orange eggs uh, I got in this batch and uh, got to play with a little craft project. So (laughs) so I thought that was fun. So thank you, Jeremy, for the suggestion. Uh, Exile, hello. Says, learn about taxidermy. Uh, Functional cooking miniatures. Hmm. Ask a mortician and a guy who tries to make a knife out of anything. Hmm. You know, a genre it looks bad, uh, especially once you, once you beat the eggs and it, it turns into... You know, this, um, that's the most unappetizing thing I've ever seen. That is horrible. Uh, green eggs, but no green... He- well, I mean, green eggs and chicken sausage. Eh, close enough. Uh, green eggs and ham is actually very easy to make. Uh, it's food food coloring. Uh, usually food dye comes in the primary colors. You're not gonna get green you can get green food dye, but generally you're you're gonna have to use yellow and blue. So um, still looks yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was I talking about? Oh, uh Uh, There's one genre of video that I actually find fascinating is when experts of some field play video games related to their field of expertise. Like I saw one video of a dude who works as, he's a civil engineer, he's a city planner, and he's playing SimCity and City Skylines and stuff like that. That I find really fascinating to get that, that expertise's insight into a genre that I, that, that I love. You know, well, a, uh, a medium that I love, video games. Uh, I've seen, um, uh, martial artists react to fighting games. I've seen, uh, uh, free climbers react to, uh, like uh, uh, Tomb Raider and, you know, c- climbing in video games like Tomb Raider and the Nathan Drake games or the uh, Uncharted. Um, I've seen some uh, parkour people talk about Dying Light and the parkour that's, th- that's shown in that game. Um, some, uh, some mythology experts talking about, like, uh, God of War or some other history experts talking about uh, the, the, uh, the Assassin's Creed games. I love that stuff. That That's great. Um, so. Social media can be a force for good. If we want it hard enough. So. Alright, so uh, Resident Evil 4 emake uh, came out a month ago or so. Um, and, uh... I'm uh, I love Resident Evil 4. I played it back in I don't know 05 when it came back on the, it came out in the Gamecube. God has it been almost 20 years Wow. Um, <clears throat> great game uh, probably a top 10 game of mine. It's just so unbelievably well paced and has such wonderful uh, variety. You're always seeing something, even though it's divided into three distinct sections. Village, Castle, and Last Place, the island compound place, which I admired was still the lab area that you always end up at the end of Resident Evil games, but this one definitely... Most of the labs you end up in Resident Evil is just this underground lab. This is just a you know, makeshift lab on an island somewhere. So it had a different feel to it, at least. Um, Great game, Resident Evil 4. Looking forward to playing the remake at some point. Just uh, gotta wait for it to drop in price. Also kind of curious to see if they're gonna do, uh, you know, like, assignment ADA or separate ways as DLC. And if they are, maybe I'll just wait for a gold edition. You know, we'll we'll see. Uh, Currently busy with uh, Like a Dragon Ishin And, uh... I've got a bunch of other games I started that I haven't finished yet, like Tales Tales from of Berser, of Berseria. Um, the second AI, Somnium Chronicles, Somnium something, initiative, something. Uh, got to finish that one. I barely started that one. Um, <clears throat> Valkyrie Chronicles 4, God of War, the 2018 uh, uh, one. Not Ragnarok, but the one before that. Uh, so, I, so I've got plenty of games to occupy my time until I get around to Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, but <coughs> bunch of Resident Evil games. <coughs> Pardon me. There are... Um, and Capcom over the years has been remaking them. In 2002? Uh, they remade um, Resi- the first Resident Evil on the GameCube. And it was great. And, uh, then it wasn't until, like, 2018 19, where they remade Resident Evil 2, and it was pretty great. Then they remade Resident Evil 3, and it was not as successful, but, you know, not bad. Uh, just just not as good. And now they've remade Resident Evil 4, which, uh, makes people wonder. It's like, did you skip Code Veronica? Are you gonna do Code Veronica? Are you gonna remake 5 and 6 and, um... So I was thinking, if they remake another Resident Evil game, which they almost certainly will, uh, what would I like to see? Well, for me, a remake is an excellent opportunity to make something better. And some of these games were great in the first place. And you can... One of the only ways to make them better is just make them more modern. You know, quality of life improvements, you know, more modern uh, control schemes, and, you know, the stuff we expect in modern games. Uh, or you can just make them different. You know, you have a game like Resident Evil 4, you can make the graphics better, you can, you know, alter the controls to make it uh, you know a little smoother, but the game was great the way it was, so, from what I've seen, the approach seems to be, let's just make it a bit different. Let's just... You know, we're not going to improve on perfection, so we're just going to take the characters and, you know, like uh, Salazar, he's presented a, quite a bit differently in in the uh, remake. Cool. Um, <clears throat> the ham wasn't green, yeah, right. I mean, just dye the eggs. You know, it's green eggs and ham, which doesn't necessarily mean the ham is green. The eggs are green. It, it could be both, and I forget exactly. I think. I think it's illustrated in the in the actual Dr. Seuss book, I think they're both green, but the adjective green doesn't necessarily apply to both of the subsequent nouns. It could be green eggs and ham, or it could be green eggs and ham. It's not necessarily green. Uh, yeah, I, I believe the, if I'm remembering it right, the uh, Dr. Seuss book actually has a green. So, um, Code Veronica was fine. Five was fine. Six was... uneven. (laughs) Um, some parts worked better than others. I don't think six was, uh, bad. I, I don't think it was the utter failure that some people, uh, make it out to be. But, yeah, it's... There's room for improvement with, uh... With 6, specifically. I think uh, Code Veronica and 5 would be interesting to see from other perspectives and, you know, more modern take. But, um, I'd really like to go back to, like, the uh, Survivor games and redo those. Uh, Someone on uh, Twitter uh, mentioned Resident Evil Survivor, and there was Survivor, Survivor 2, and Dead Aim... So, uh, there was also, uh, uh, um, uh, Resident Evil Gaiden, which I think was the, the Game Boy game, which was on a boat. A couple of them are on a boat. Revelation starts on a boat. I think Survivor 2, or, no, no, well, no, Survivor 2, I think, was just a light gun enabled version of Code Veronica, but, uh, uh, Dead Aim, I think... Was um um <clears throat> was the one that was on a boat because one was in like a some type of industrial complex. God, I can't remember anymore. Uh, so those would be interesting. But the game me per you know if, if Capcom came to me, you know, knock knock, hi, we're stuck in your apartment complex. But while you're here, uh, pick a Resident Evil title for us to remake. I'd like to see a remake of Outbreak. And Outbreak 2, I suppose. Well, it was called File 2, I think. Um, Resident Evil Outbreak, the the conceit of that game was... um, uh, It took place in Raccoon City, and you followed a... Like, four or five different just regular Joes, just survivors, through um, Raccoon City. Uh, and it was really, I never actually played it, but I thought it was a really cool idea. Uh, it was also, you know, their, their big selling point was like, oh, online co-op. Cause you could, I, I'm not sure if it worked kind of like, uh, th- it was single player too. I don't know if it worked like Resident Evil zero or anything. Oh, there's another one that they haven't gone back and remade yet. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd l- Outbreak had zombie animals in it. I think there was like a zombie elephant in it. And that's good enough for me. So, uh, yes, Capcom, uh, remake uh, the Outbreak games. Because I want you to. (laughs) Ah. No need to ever remake Umbrella Corps. You, You can just forget that ever happened. You know, give you a mulligan on that one. It's fine. You know what? I don't like mercenaries. I don't have a problem with mercenaries. I don't begrudge the existence of mercenaries. I just personally don't don't care for the mode. I don't find it fun to play. Like whenever it shows up in the games, I play it for like twenty minutes. I'm like, yeah, that that's enough. I'm 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 good. I just don't. I don't. It's just not my thing. Um. So, uh, to wrap up, I uh, saw an anime over the, la- or watched an anime over the last couple of weeks called, um, hang on, it's got one of those stupid long titles, like, uh, you know, I got isekai to a world and killed slimes for six years and now I'm level 99 or something. Yeah, it's, it's these stupidly long titles. Um, it is, a uh, Cautious Hero. The hero is overpowered but overly cautious, which is kind of redundant. So, um, I don't know if that's a bad translation or what, but, um, it's another isekai, um, anime, but it does have kind of a funny conceit. Uh, so, in this, there's... All these worlds uh, are under siege and the various gods and goddesses need to isekai some hero to fight to save the world. You know, each of the various worlds that they're in charge of. And our goddess, our main... Who's uh, the bell dandy. Who, who, Whatever the hell her name is. Probably Susan or something. Um, <clears throat> she mentions that she is... Isekai's dudes from Japan because the concept of isekai is popular in mainstream Japanese media so when she isekai's people from Japan they immediately understand what's going on and don't freak out for hours about oh my god what's happening it's like you have been isekai and I'm like oh I know what that is okay <laughs> you know, I'm like okay that's actually pretty funny um, <clears throat> they remade Thundercats didn't they do that twice yeah cause they had one in like 2011 which was I think I saw one episode of it and I was like eh and I saw half an episode of Roar which was you know the, the much more younger skewing one and I don't know the they didn't have the full episode available, so I could only watch, like, the first five minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not for me. I, I really hate the design, and the humor's not for me. But, I mean, it was, you know, targeting five-year-olds, so, you know. Oh, no! <laughs> the, the show targeting five-year-olds is not for me! <laughs> well, um... But the uh, remake of He-Man that they did in the... 2010 or somewhere... I thought that was actually pretty well done. And the one that was on Netflix a year ago, Revelations, I, that was a... I mean, it's not a full series, more like a miniseries, but I thought that was actually really good, too. So, you know. And the, the She-Ra show that, that uh, came out a few years ago was really good, too. So, you know, I mean, remake whatever you want. I mean, worst thing that happens, it sucks. Mm, oh, well. I mean, that's a shame, but... Uh, as long as we always have the original. Looking at you, George Lucas. Um, so, Cautious Hero, Hero is Cautious, was... It's okay. But... What really... Um, what, what kept me watching the sh- throughout the 12 episodes of the show... Was just how energetic and off the wall the voiced cast was it was clear that this cast was just having an absolute time of just having a wonderful time voicing their characters because a lot of unconventional like they'd they'd deliver things as you would conventionally expect a character that looks like that to deliver a line and then they'd completely change the tenor or timbre of the line just for comedic effect and I thought it worked really, really well. I thought the humor was broadly pretty strong, although most of it came across in in just the the really wacky vocal performances. Um, Narratively, eh, it's okay. It's fine. But um, it's one of those, uh, I won't show give it a watch, maybe you'll dig it. But uh, mashy magic and muscles is a fun new one that I recommend. Mashy magic and muscles, haven't heard of that. Hmm, let's see if I can find it real quick. Oh, I mash leh. I've read that wrong. Okay, no wonder I can find it. Let's see. That, that's an L, not an I. Okay. Uh, so we've got tough dudes standing in front of a school, maybe? with. Is that a witch on a broom? I don't know. Let, let's see. Uh, into a world of magicians is born mash a young boy who lacks magic but is the strongest person around his existence and destiny will change the world okay so if i'm reading this conceit uh, this premise right the conceit is we essentially have a you know hogwarts a school of magic but our protagonist can't do magic but he can punch people really hard (laughs) That I that might actually be funny. I'll, is that streaming anywhere I have access to? Let's see. Oh, fooey! It's on Crunchyroll, and Crunchyroll is 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 all tight waddy right now, and it makes me sad. Oh, Jared! Jared already said Crunchyroll. Um, have I seen the new Dragon Ball movie yet? There's a new Dragon Ball movie. It's not a live action movie, is it? Uh, well, the answer is no. <laughs> no, I have not. I've never been a fan of Dragon Ball. Um, in fact, I've, I've always never liked Dragon Ball at all. I, I think it's a bad show. <laughs> um, I mean, there's hundreds of episodes across different um, series, so I, I mean... So uh, maybe I just didn't see the right arc, but yeah, I do like Yu Yu Hakusho though. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed that show. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I actually found out like a couple of years ago. Uh, here's here's an anime that I quite like. It's from the '90s, but I never hear anyone talk about. It. It's called You're Under Arrest. It was a uh, it's like I think it's 52 episodes. Had a couple mini specials and a movie. Uh, as you might, uh, if from the title, it's about police officers. And um, it does a thing that never fails to amuse me for some reason. Is one of the police officers is. It takes place in essentially the real world, but one of the police officers is superhumanly strong for no reason. So she and her partner are, you know, driving along in their little police car, and she rounds a corner too tight, so the other one opens the door and sticks her feet out to to brace against the floor so they don't go crashing into a building. Uh, I mean, she's not Superman strong, but she's way stronger than any person should be. You know, she, she, like, you know, can lift a motorcycle, put it over her shoulders, and then walk up a set of stairs. She's stupid strong and there's no reason for it and it never fails to amuse me. Anyway, I really like You're Under Arrest. It's a charming show, it's funny, it's action-packed, Got great characters, really like it. So I was surprised to find out a couple of years ago that they actually had a season 2 and 3 of You're Under Arrest, which I did not know. Nobody told me. Jerks. (laughs) And uh, it's streaming on a platform called uh, High Dive. Um, which has a seven-day free trial and only costs like five bucks a month, so I'll probably have to uh, do that. I, I can't watch both season two and three inside of a week. That's like 50-some episodes. I don't have that much time in, in a day. Um, but I really would like to see the later seasons of that show. I'm a fan of the first show. Uh, first season, rather. And... Um, <clears throat> Um, bu- 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 bu. so, and if I have to uh, subscribe to a month of High Dive or whatever it's called, uh, maybe there's some other interesting anime there that I can check out while I have the subscription, so. Do I like Shonen? Uh, I'm not opposed to it, so, yeah, there, there's there's plenty of Shonen shows that I like, and, you know, uh, some that I don't. It, it just depends on the show, but... It's not a, um, it's not a, a, style or genre of anime that, um, that I'm, you know, opposed to. I mean, it's kind of an, it's kind of an all-encompassing, uh, I mean, what, what counts as a you know, a shonen show for some would be like, "Oh, that's 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 more of a this." Or I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Trying to uh, lost my uh, train of thought here. What was I talking about? I mean, sh- shonen is. I mean, how would you define shonen? And it's essentially just anime or manga I suppose that the target audience is teenagers, I guess. Specifically teenage males. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fighting anime. Some relationships, too, but I mean, not into high school, middle school, I mean if it's done well, it's done well, but so much anime focuses on kids in school And I'm not a kid in school, I haven't in a long time, so I don't care about kids in school. I just get tired of kids in school, because most of it seems to be kids in school. So when I I come across an... I mean, that's one nice thing about You're Under Arrest. It's about adults who work. (laughs) You know? Uh, It's not about kids in school. It's not a police academy, either. It's about... Police officers in their you know their day to day grind. I'm old. I am old. Um, but I mean, if, if you, I'm not into, I'm, I'm generally not into yaoi or Yuri, um, which is the more explicit romance. Uh, kind of stuff. I don't mind romance, but, uh, you know, explicit sexuality is usually not something that's, that's appealing to me. So, mostly fighting-themed anime. Yeah, but I, I think you could probably classify something like Komi can't communicate as a, a shonen anime, too. I mean, some would object, some would go, yeah. I mean, is it in Shonen jump Then it's shounen... <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I've only seen, I think, like, two episodes of Comey Can't Communicate. That was cute. But I wasn't really, uh... That's how guys are. They hate romance. <sighs> Do I hate romance? Um... I don't hate romance. I'm just not interested in it. Like, I like it when characters are happy, and they get along, and they enjoy spending time with each other, but when they start snogging, I'm just not interested in watching that, you know, and if it's um there are actually romance anime that I like um uh, Ayori Ayoshi is, is is solid um uh Banner, Crest of the Stars is, I mean at it's core is a romance, but it's Probably more sci-fi-heavy, really. Um, but, 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 let's see. Um, oh My Goddess is more of a comedy than it is a romance. Um, what's, it, what's something that's explicitly romantic that I like? I liked a good chunk of... Uh, you know, Caricano. what what's the English name? Uh, His and Her Circumstances. Boy, that one crashes and burns, but uh, it starts out starts out good. Um, the the, the uh, oh god, oh, that one. Um, the the anime was weird because I th- I think it was animated at a time where the the manga was still coming out, so it hit a point where they caught up with the manga and just spun their wheels forever. It is painful to watch the back half of that show. Uh, I read the entire run of the manga and that just gets really uncomfortable and creepy towards the end. I'm talking like Twilight levels of, oh, whose idea was that? Um, But but the series does start out quite well, I think. Um, Romance, romance, romance. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it's two characters who are... You know, the, the point of the show is getting the characters to... ...enjoy one another as people. That's fine. But if it, it's like the premise is explicitly to get in each other's pants... ...then I just don't care. Um... Unless there's like lots of explosions or... <laughs> ...blood and gore or monsters or something. Then I might put up with it. Like, um there there's a lot of uh there's some explicit well not you know like pornographic explicit but some some definitely R rated uh, nudity and sex and stuff like I don't know a wicked city and I love that that that's that's, that's trashy goodness I love that um Oshinoko is another people are talking about Oshinoko oh, that's not ringing a bell either Let's see if I can find it real quick. Oh, Shinoko. Hmm. Well, uh, the, the looks like we've got a uh, idol singer. All right. Well, let's see. Goto works as an OBGYN. Oh my God. Yeah, I heard. I just uh, yeah, I heard about this, and I read the premise, and I'm like, that's some bright and frantically waving red flags. Uh, Goro works as an an, an OBGYN in the countryside, a life far removed from the entertainment industry. Meanwhile, his favorite idol, Ai Hoshino, of course her name is Ai, uh, has begun her climb to stardom. The two meet in the worst possible way, setting the gears of fate in motion. Yeah, he meets her because she's a patient of his and i'm like oh god where is that i i've seen a lot of anime and i'm very concerned about where this is going so yeah i've heard i forgot the name but yeah but i've heard a lot of people uh, speak quite positively about this I, I haven't read into it but yeah it might be worth the uh, oh that's on high dive so uh yeah if i uh, get high dive for a month uh, and finish watching um uh, you're Under Arrest seasons two and three. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give that a give that a try. Cause yeah, I'm not saying it's a problematic show. I'm just saying that I've seen a lot of anime, and with that premise, there's some red flags there. <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, that's it for tonight. Thank you everyone for hanging out with me. Um, tomorrow we return to, uh, Crossbell, uh, Trails from Zero, and it came to my attention that, uh, there were a, even though most people in Crossbell City were repeating their dialogue, there were a couple of people who had something new to say. For example, apparently Grace is hanging out at the, uh, bar in the alley, and I didn't go talk to her. So we're going to rewind time a little bit and go talk to Grace and I think one or two other people that had unique dialogue and see what they have to say then skip to present and finish talking to everybody and then we have to go to it's on Ursula Road uh, Stargazer Tower where maybe there are monsters that will give us more than one EXP apiece <laughs> so uh, hope you're looking forward to that I certainly am So have a nice night, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.